And I think that's like a unique advantage to having a spouse as a business partner. And um, everybody's always like, oh, you guys are in business together. Ha ha. What's it like working with your wife? And we're like, we know each other better than anyone else. Like uh, we can make moves. Obviously, we still have to run it by each other, but we can make moves in that other person's shoes, like totally and completely. Like he knows what I'm thinking. I know what he's thinking. I think the advantage is... It's kind of weird, actually. Like the level of we know what each other's thinking. Yep. (laughs) You got to bring up our fight. I mean, I'm usually right, but that's... It's not going to happen. Never, no way. Let's go back. Don't share that story. Hang on. Did I go too fast? You just jumped to purpose, which is you. You're a visionary. I see your connection here. (laughs) Love Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. My name is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Yes, you are. (laughs) Andre with an E with a little thing over your E. Not a thing. It's an accent. An accent. And it's very important. Does that mean? Does that mean that... You have an accent? This is very confusing because you have a French accent, over, but you're from <laughs> Bolivia, but really you're an American. But I'm Latina. Oh, my goodness. Uh, from, I'm uh, a... Let's say this again. You have a French accent. <laughs> your first language is Spanish. You were born in Bolivia, and you're my American. My name is French, oh and I'm American. So confusing. <sighs> it's really not that confusing. My mom's best friend growing up was named Andre, mm. and she ma- named me after her. That's An- it. Is it Andrea? Oh my god! If the amount of people that have said that to you, everybody calls me Andrea. An- oh, oh, Andrea. I just answer now. There's just no point in correcting. I mean, the combination of that and the last name Schneebarger, you're in for a disaster <laughs> of an opening conversation with everyone you talk everybody, to. Everybody, everybody. It was funny. I, I talked to the kids recently about our, our last name Schneebarger, and they were like, they just did this big. <sighs> they haven't even been in school that many years. And I was like, what do you, what was the sigh about? And they're, they're like, nobody ever gets our name right. Nobody- it takes so long to write my name on the paper. <laughs> but it is funny. I, this is my entire life. Like a substitute teacher comes into the room. I, I remember second grade. It's like, it, uh, roll call Jeff Scheineberger. No. No, burger. That, that's, that's me. It's Shinaburger. Did you say Shinaburger? <laughs> At least you have no. an easy first name. Yeah. See, I got both doozies. Which is why we named our kids. We get, we were like, we have to have, <laughs> they only get four letters. All all kids that we had, it was like, you, there's a four letter word, four letter rule to the Your naming name. convention. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. And then we have a three letter Nick, uh, middle name. That just worked out. I don't think that was what one was as. I don't know, it but it was very, out. it was very short and impactful. Hmm. <laughs> Unlike Schneeberger. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about who we're interviewing today. Oh, we have an interview. Yes. So today we are interviewing Jeremy and Brielle Slate. They are the founders of Command Your Brand Media. Um, they work together. Uh, Jeremy's the CEO. Brielle's the COO. And uh, you can find them at uh, commandyourbrand.com. But it's basically um, a big public relations firm for the podcast space. Yeah. So what that means <laughs> is... <laughs> like we, we opened ourselves up to a disaster uh, We today. interviewed the podcast specialists. And we know nothing about podcasts. 
Yeah. He, All we do is like, well, we got some, we got a couple of microphones and uh, we're <laughs> we got our, on the internet. we got our guy, Matt here. So I point make blank, sound right. I point blank said, you gave me palpitations. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you're experts. What do We're, you think about we do our pod- a podcast? <laughs> what advice do you have for us right now? Critique us. And oh were, my gosh, it was the worst. They I were nice. Like, they were nice, but I was I was sweating, sweating. Yeah, I'm surprised that. I didn't say, well, you could hire us because <laughs> you need a lot of help. They probably are thinking that. <laughs> we're probably gonna follow up email on that. Yeah, they're thinking it for sure. Um, they were great though. And and we're gonna man, we're gonna jump in, right? Yeah. So what are the three things we should be listening for? Number one, notifications. Yeah. Do you have them on your phone or not? Notifications. Number two, diapers on a poodle. <laughs> Who would have thought that would be part of a love story? <laughs> and number three, they always got champagne in the fridge. Because you never know when you got to celebrate. I love that A part. rule of life, champagne in the fridge all the time. All right, everybody. It's like, I, I think there's only one other person that has that. P. Diddy. <laughs> no, we have some friends. Oh, we do. <laughs> we, we have, have some, some actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you out. I, I'm calling you out. You know who you are. Uh, so, yeah, Jeremy and Brielle, P. Diddy, and those friends. <laughs> All right, so here they are Jeremy and Brielle Slate. So, um, we had a mutual friend that, uh, like, basically had said, you know, I, so, okay, I'll, I'll go even further back. Um, Brielle's brother and I both wrestled in the same town. So I knew who her brother was. He was like this star wrestler, second in the state, like three years in a row. And, uh, so he's like really well known. And my friend goes, Oh, you know, I know, you know, Phil's sister. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, I'd like to, you know, meet her. And he goes, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> he was apparently like secretly obsessed with Brielle. So eventually she went and found me on Facebook just to prove like that he had... Well, actually, I found her on Facebook first and I was like really into cars at that time. And this is, this is like 10 years ago. And she declined my request because I was a car, not a person. And a while later, she <laughs> oh, went like your and profile found, photo. Your right, profile right, right. She like went that. and found me and just, just to say like, hey, Matt does have other friends. And uh, we started talking the night I was writing a 20-page paper on Dante's Inferno. Uh, about a week later, we uh, met for the first time on the day of a snowstorm at a CVS when you were buying diapers for your poodle that was having uh, going into heat. So that was, was an interesting oh. experience. <laughs> we were getting like a, a snowstorm where we were snowed in for two days. So it was like, well, we see each other for a second now before you know this thing hits or we don't see each other till a few days from now. So yeah, that kind of a just... date over poodle diapers. Well, yeah. yes. I, and honestly, it seems <laughs> yes. like they're both a little extreme. One's a car extremist. One's a a dog dog poodle <laughs> extremist. Uh, it's the same poodle that is currently wearing a cone that I had showed you guys before we started recording yeah. here after, after just having a surgery. Yeah, same <laughs> poodle. So I you got meet. It. So you meet, and what happens? Just started talking and talking and talking and talking, and it just kind of like rolled into dating um by you asking me like so are we like dating i'm like yeah and she goes okay i'm down for that i'm like okay cool we're dating and Uh you know that was in 2010 we're coming up in a month on a decade of being together and we've been married since 2015 working together for quite a while wow that's exciting but what he what he did leave out too is when he introduced himself he said that he was going to be a doctor 
And because he was in the midst of getting his master's, going for his PhD, but didn't specify what he was going for. He was going not for, a real doctor. No, he was going for ancient studies, <laughs> ancient history doctor, like a fake doctor that just has a dr from your name. Like if anybody like fell on the ground, I could not save their life, but I'd have doctor next to my name. Um, and then in 2013, we actually got engaged, and I'm actually really proud of myself on this one. Um, so I am an ancient history major. I love ancient history. So. Um, I convinced her to go on vacation with me to Athens, Greece. And um, I proposed to her in front of the Parthenon at sunset. Um, So it was kind of a really cool start to the relationship. I want to see those pictures. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So do you have big plans for your anniversary? Is that something you guys celebrate that every year? Is that a big deal or not a big deal in your relationship? Uh, For us, I really wouldn't say it's a big deal. And I'm just going to... That whole week is Valentine's Day, my birthday, and then when we met. So, and since we've been together, I think we've only been together for like two Valentine's Days, our whole relationship, just because that seems to be when conventions are or other things are, and it's President's Day weekend. So, yeah, we almost never see each other that weekend. Or, or this year, you're going to Lisbon with, or uh, you're going to Lisbon with your best friend. So, <laughs> things happen. Things happen. <laughs> priorities shift for sure (laughs) now you both work together is that correct Mm -hmm. and have you been working together since the beginning of your relationship or is this a kind of a more new thing together oh no so we started out like as far as far could be i've always been in the pr track marketing that i was in healthcare marketing for 10 years so that's where I was going and then he was a teacher like or he first he was studying to be a teacher and then he wanted to be a teacher to go on to be a professor. So we were as far as far could be. Uh, One was business, one was intellectual. And then as our paths started to come together, because he had a podcast that was, you know, topical based and um, then we just started merging and our lives kind of just all came together as one. (laughs) But you've always kind of been like the push behind us. Like I was a, 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 a teacher and then my mom had had a really bad stroke. So it was like really rough, you know, in our lives, really in our relationship to have something like that happen. And you knew I wasn't happy and you were, you had seen this network marketing opportunity. You're like, go for it. I'm like, okay, what is that? I'm going to make a million dollars next week. This is amazing. Um, it didn't work like that. Um, but it was kind of that first jump into doing something. And I went from that to, you know, selling life insurance, selling products on Amazon. I started a podcast as kind of like a last ditch thing. And it, you know, it really took off since I took it so seriously, and because of a lot of the work that you did with the PR work behind it, and that was how we kind of came together. Huh. So you're basically it's like seeing the strengths of her PR work really enhancing your work or your kind of idea of what you wanted to do, and that's how it all kind of came together. Yeah, her her background, her understanding, and then my like, I guess figuring out how the digital worked just by doing it. You know, we made it all kind of work together. Yeah. That's interesting. You were at a turning point though. It sounded like, I think you said your mother was sick or, or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. In 2013, she had a, like a really bad stroke and she's actually uh, watching the baby now as, as we're talking to you. Oh, yeah. um, but she lost her vocal skills um, and use of the right side of her body and stuff. So she has like a, a leg brace and stuff so she can get around. Um, But that was a really, really tough situation for both of us really early Mm -hmm. in our relationship. So if there's a listener that's kind of in a turning point right now, it sounds like a lot of it for you is trying to figure out your purpose, what you're going to do in life, meaningful work in some way. What advice would you give to someone if they're sitting in that tension right now? 
Um, and they're trying to figure that out for themselves. I think so. I mean, just looking at it from the outside in, um, one big thing with Jeremy was I just supported what he wanted. Like when he had become a teacher and he was doing that, he was only in it for two years, but he was miserable every day <laughs> for two years. And he had just spent, I was a cranky, cranky man. <laughs> he had just spent, you know, so much money, so much time on this path. Um, and it's really just following what lights you up. And he, I, I have been the one that was approached for the network marketing thing. And I was like, you know what? This is something it was, he was into fitness at the time and he was really into supplements. I was like, oh, you know, this might be in alignment with what you're looking at. And he lit up that whole summer. Um, he, that's when he really got into podcasts too. He was listening to podcasts all the time and like he just couldn't get enough of anything um, business related. Like he was just eating every piece of podcast, webinar, you name it. Like it was constant and he was on fire. Like he was just I wasn't so, sleeping very he much. He wasn't sleeping. He was just <laughs> but it was excitement. It was passion. It was, hmm. you know, following his purpose lines. And I ha- I hadn't seen a spark like that in him at all, except for the things that he loved, like working out or um, you know, the fun stuff. So I think that's really important to follow your passion. I know it's said all the time, but it's so true. If it lights you up, just go for it. And and I'll say too, and and honestly, I, I give you a lot of credit for this. Um, like your passion has to make you money. Like it's a, it's also really important in that way as well. So so, you know, I like to say like with our business, I'm the big think person. You make it all work, and you let me know very quickly if it's going to make us lose or make money. And it's really important to take a look at that because yes, you need to follow your passion and love it, but it needs to make you money too. Um, Cal Newport's the author of a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You, and he talks about finding something you're good at and getting so darn good at it that people pay you a lot of money for it, and that's mm. where passion comes from. So that's mm. for me what I've applied. Hmm, that's good. It's so uh, I would find that it would probably be a really difficult decision to you know. Grad school, you were in grad school, right? Like yeah. all this money, all this education, all this thing going towards this PhD, I'm guessing you were going towards <laughs> yeah. to become this professor. I mean, I'm in the medical world, so I understand all the levels of... Oh, so you can actually save somebody if they get hurt. I can't. Yeah, right. she has the right letters, yeah. <laughs> you call me, not you. Uh, but the the point is like just the time and the money and the hours mm-hmm. of studying and the, you know, there I have lived it, so I understand. So how do you... I mean, did you feel guilty? Did you feel like, you know, you shouldn't do this? Like, how did you, or did you just were so miserable, you let it go? I was so miserable. And also like, when you have something, so I, I, at 19, um, I had uh, like last rites and stuff after a knee surgery didn't go so well. And it didn't really like change my life. And then like almost losing my mom was just such a shock Mm. to my system. Mm-hmm. That it was kind of like anything I'd done up to that point that wasn't lighting me up wasn't really worth it. Yeah. So yeah, like, did I have student loans? Did I have all this debt? Did I have all these different things? I was, you know, all this study. Like, I didn't sleep a lot. I was sleeping three, four hours a night. But like, it just didn't light me up, and I couldn't see going another fifty, sixty years like that. Right. It's a long road. So, <laughs> so now you guys have been working together the last three ish years. How many years did you say? Since 2015, 2015. Like around the beginning of that year. Okay, five years. So, what have you learned about working together that you could share with others? Wow. I think it's finding what the other person's good at. Um, I've also, honestly, myself learned to communicate things better. 
Um, because I think oftentimes, and it's funny, I, I tell my my staff this that I'm like really working on like not beating somebody over the head when I'm upset about something. And I think working w- with your spouse on that is, has forced me to become really good at that because I absolutely love my wife and I don't want to fight with her um, in life and business because they kind of intertwine. So I've, I've had to myself become better at communicating. Hmm. And what about you, Brielle? I'm just, you know, a whole list of different scenarios popping up. Um, <laughs> so this is, actually our, <laughs> this is actually our second business together. And a big part of why we had to dissolve our previous company and uh, do what we're doing now is because we realized you have to put your relationship first. And we had another business partner that was actually like pinning us against each other. And we're like, this isn't going to make it in the long haul. You know, like mm. our, our life is more important than this other scenario. Like if we have to, you know, start from ground zero, we have to start from ground zero because this needs to get us through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, putting your your spouse first and being able to really look at, um, as Jeremy said, what the other person's strengths are and make sure that you're validating those and making sure that, you know, you're compensating those correctly. I think that's really what... Real, that up. concept of like... Um putting your relationship first. Can you, do you think in your head, is there a story that, that you can remember that was like at the, at a pinnacle moment where like mm-hmm. either I can go and do this work thing or it's the, or, or we're going to focus on each other that you could share. The question was for you. Go ahead. I know. Uh, <laughs> Cause when you I'm were talking like, about, it, I could see your eyes spin, kind of spinning. Well, going. Like, also mm-hmm. legally, what can I say? Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, so we have a, we have a, uh, like a, contract with our former business partner former business partner that we can only say so much so she's yeah. thinking within yeah, yeah within those that realm um i think this i can say though so for us um when we first started our first business we had had a business together and we were trying to break it apart and just focus on one thing so we have never really had big fights. Like, you know, as I said, we've been together for almost 10 years and we're just really good at talking things through and, you know, seeing that you love the person more than whatever this is that you feel. And just when, if we have criticism, it's, it's not criticism. It's just, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like we try and make sure that we're validating the person. She, she can also like, she can say to me what I need to hear in a way I need to hear it. So I actually do something about it. If you, if you know what I mean, I think yeah. that's, just true. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But anyways, so our first fight that we've ever had was we had one thing that we disagreed on and it wasn't that we disagreed on it. It was that somebody was, you know, a third party putting bugs in either one of our ear about mm. something. So we couldn't come to an agreement because we're like, I don't understand. Like, we've never had anything like this before. Mm. So we ended up doing what we didn't want to do. And that came to, to bite us. And then, you know, a year later, not even a year, it was nine months. We're like, we're still sitting on this one little disagreement that we've mm. had. And we've never mm. had a disagreement like this before. Like lingering so, there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that, that was like, I guess the way the, the, the business we were running at that time was set up with that business partner. Um, it didn't really respect Brielle as a person. Um, mm. and, and, you know, part of it was also that my, my business partner, like, didn't like give women a whole lot of opinion in different things too, just mm-hmm. in general. So like, it was a difficult situation and, I, and we finally like talked about it and we're like, 
you know, listen, can we see this going any further? Can we see us like still having control of this business if we don't, if we don't end this? Yeah. And we made a really difficult decision um, to end that business. And it ended up in a legal battle where we didn't, we didn't make any money for like three months. Mm-hmm. So I was taking side work to pay our employees so we didn't lose them. Um, so we could figure out what we were going to do. And then also at the same time, like figure out, you know, how we were going to move on, which became Command Your Brand. That's really interesting. So like, as you now progressed five years later, beyond that, the situation's over, moved on. Um, it feels like what happened in the middle of that is the two of you start realizing, no, the way that we're going to operate in business is to have equality, to have mm-hmm. mutual respect, to create mm-hmm. an environment and a culture where, um, where, you two are equals. Is that a fair yes. way to mm-hmm. say? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. like he wouldn't invite her to meetings and things like that because he said like, you know, women don't make decisions even though she was a third owner of the business. So just, it wasn't a good situation. Mm-hmm. I like how, I mean, it's definitely those situations that teach us and move us and, um, but ultimate, and they're so hard and so painful in the moment. But then you look back now and you're like, but now we have the business we want to do and how we want to do it. You right. Know? And clarity like, do we even ever? In, in clarity and like, no, this is, this, this is, is what us. we believe. This is yeah. how we operate. This is what we do. This is, it actually brings you closer together in that. Yeah. 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 And I think that's like a unique advantage to having a spouse as a business partner. And um, everybody's always like, Oh, you guys are in business together. Ha ha. What's it like working with your wife? And we're like, we know each other better than anyone else. Like, we can make moves. Obviously, we still have to run it by each other, but we can make moves in that other person's shoes, like totally and completely. Like he knows what I'm thinking. I know what he's thinking. I think the advantage it, is it's kind of weird, actually. Yeah. Like yeah. the <laughs> level of we know what each other's thinking. Um, in 2000, was it 2013? You did Rose of Tralee? Yeah. 2013, she was going for Rose of Tralee, which is like the, the Miss Ireland pageant. So she was like, you know, each country does a representative, and then you go to Ireland and the winner, you know, wins. So she's on. She's on this float with her two cousins and um, she gets off the float. And in my head, I just get this thought, Brielle lost the kids. So I go, I'm walking around, I find the two kids and she calls me, like the phones weren't working because there's so many people in a big crowd. She calls me, finally gets me on the phone and she goes, oh my God, I lost the kids. I'm like, I know, I found them. Like we have a lot of (laughs) stories like that, like in our lives where we just like know what each other's thinking. Hmm. Were you, I just need to go back. Are you Miss Ireland? (laughs) Were you Miss Ireland? I was not Miss Ireland. She I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. She We've should have won, two. but she did not. We, yeah, have we had did have two. another person in pageants before. Yeah. Yeah. You're our second person. So the two of you have, re- you connect with people all the time. You're sharing stories, mm-hmm. whether that's from a PR standpoint or from a podcast standpoint. You're interviewing people, sharing, um, sharing their stories with the world. I'm curious, uh, for the two of you, as you have pursued learning from others in so many different ways and shared their stories. What have you learned from others that has impacted your relationship? So uh, we really love seminars and, you know, continuing to improve ourselves. And we were at one event and there's a really successful guy. His wife is an artist and they don't get to see each other that much. Um, But when they're together, he makes sure that all of his notifications are off his phone. And I'm looking, I remember looking over at Jeremy, I'd like, he has his Twitter notifications going and his like in the moment, <laughs> all, all of the million notifications. And I have opposite. Like I only want to check my email. Like I don't have the, the, bu- the bubbles pop up because I want to go in there on my own self-determinism and like, yeah. look at it. And I just look over at Jeremy and I'm like, yes, we need to start this. <laughs> but it was, 
it's true. And I think it's really helpful that, you know, um, when you're with somebody, we, we have all these distractions with social media and email and um, being able to just shut it off and put it down and not have stuff popping up and digging all night. And um, yeah, so being able to be present and not be stuck on the... I'm I'm still working on that, by the way. I have OCD when I when I the person that that has ten thousand email notifications just gives me the skeevies, man. Like so, I'm still working on that. <laughs> oh, you do not want to see my email <laughs> inbox. <laughs> so bad. I just don't delete them. It's so bad. Anyways, uh, that is hilarious. Now you guys also have an. A young child. How old? 14 months old, almost 15. 14. Okay. So tell us about then having a child and all of a sudden that throwing into the mix of work and life and marriage. How did that change things? Or how is it changing? Yeah. (laughs) You're still in it. So it it was easier in the beginning, beginning because she didn't like move a lot yet. Right. Um, Now she's been walking since nine months. um, And now, She's trying to talk, but it kind of sounds like, I don't know, German or something. Because um, mm. um, she was gave me a two-minute monologue this morning why she deserved a cookie, but I don't quite understand what language it was. <laughs> um, so, so we've been trying to like you know make it all work. But at the same time, it, it's been kind of cool as well. Because like I do speak all over the world. So like in September, uh, we went to Budapest, Bratislava, um, Slovakia... Uh, Vienna. We went to all these different places that I was speaking in, and my wife and my child got to come with me, and that was just like such a cool experience because you get to take something that would be a business experience and and make it um, a vacation experience as well. Um, did you want to add anything else about Princess Adelaide? <laughs> I love how you have her on your website too, <laughs> Chief Cuteness Officer or something. Oh, she's amazing. She's so cute. I mean, we've just tried to to melt her into our business life, like. Um, Last month, the the month that she was born, we had a like welcome Adelaide special, and <laughs> like all of our clients know her. She's on our staff meeting. Um, all of our employees have children around her age, actually, which is kind of funny. So, like on staff meeting, I actually just put up a a post this week on it. Is like we had baby bosses, like the the girls are. Our staff meetings are usually on video. Yeah, we have their okay. our staff are in Miami and you know all over. So. Yeah, we had the baby bosses, you know, take a minute out and do their thing. So, <laughs> but I think it's just so important to incorporate her into our life like that. And um, I know for myself, like my parents, they own their own business growing up. So I, I was, you know, five years old and trying to make photocopies and things like that. So, and I loved it. Like I always thought it was fun. And I like to contribute. And I think that um, giving her the opportunity to do that at a young age or obviously mm-hmm. within... Yeah. Child labor laws. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but um, you know, getting to contribute and feel like you're part of something yeah. bigger, um, I think is is very important and exciting. So I just That's interesting yeah. that you mentioned, you know, that both your parents owned a business, right? Is that what you said? No, uh, well her parent her parents um own their own business, yes. uh, own very successful business. Um my parents are both like um, blue collar high school graduate didn't go to college but worked really hard people okay <laughs> so it's interesting I mean as we've been interviewing people is a lot of times their family of origin kind of is very uh, is interesting how it impacts how they move forward with their own family and so 
Did you, because you saw your parents working the whole time and all of that, mm-hmm. did you, did it ever, you know, cross your mind that you were not going to work, that you should uh, stay home with the child once you have a child? Or did that not even cross your mind? Was there, um, you hear women all the time with all the mom guilt. Um, did, did it just not kind of happen because of your experience growing up? Yeah. I mean, for me, that was never an option. I mean, (laughs) we had... Adelaide came a week early and we had a huge seminar that we had to put on that That weekend. And so the day after she's born, I'm literally going through making sure we got the confirms in. Like, and (laughs) you know, you're supposed to be resting the day after you have a child. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like we're we this event needs to go off. Yeah, like I'm organizing the the food list and you know, making sure I'm calling all the vendors to make sure everything's going well. And I felt I felt bad that I couldn't actually attend. And she was born on Tuesday and the event was on Saturday. Um it never crossed my mind that I wasn't going to work. Um, I mean, my mom, she was the business owner growing up. and But what was cool was because she was the owner, she would work about 15 hours a week. And then the rest of the time, you know, was her time. And I always saw that as very valuable. Like a lot of my friends growing up, you know, their parents couldn't decide to take a week off or, you know, they didn't have the same flexibility. Um, that you do as a business owner. And that's something I've always valued. Mm -hmm. um, Because I feel like you really get to take control of your lifestyle. And I knew that that would be something that would be important when having a family. Um, Because, you know, some days if we want to take a half day and go take her pumpkin picking, we can do that. And we don't have to check with anybody that's within our, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's our decision. Um, And we can also uh, like celebrate more things like, um, I don't know pretty much anytime we have a big win, like we make sure that we celebrate it and whether that's with her or not with her. Um, so I think that as a business owner, that's something that we've been able to do. And I'm, I love that. And Mm -hmm. honestly, that's something personally that she's made me a little bit better with. Um, because I'm kind of like, I'm a big think person. So like, you know, we'll have like a really big win. I'm like, well, it's not big enough. We need a bigger win. So I'm like, I'm like <laughs> mentally, I can't celebrate. And she's like, but let's go to happy hour. Or let's go to dinner yeah. or do something like that. So she's been really good at kind of in a way forcing me to celebrate so that we do see the wins and, and do really have that part of it. Cause you need that. Hmm. So, so some people, um, I guess as social media has increased, um, your personal life is being shared more and more and more. Right. And Mm -hmm. so there's different opinions on, you guys have a small child, like, you know, sharing the story of your children through social media or through your business or all that. And you guys advise so many other people in, in PR and in storytelling and sharing their brand. Uh, what, what thoughts do you guys have on this tension between, um, sharing your life with the world or keeping things private? Um, yeah, I don't really think there's a tension between it. Um, like, I feel like we've tried to be pretty good at like talking about the stories that we can talk about. Um, and, you know, kind of realizing like, well, that's just not some, like, I, I guess looking at it in the way like of who is this story going to help? Like if a story is overly negative and it's not going to help anybody, it just sounds like I'm complaining and that's not really worth it. Um, but I think like if you, it, if you look at the stories that you're going to tell and put out on social media, you look at it from the standpoint of, okay, yes, there's a negative connotation to this story, but in the end result of the lesson someone else can get out of it, how is it going to help them? So I think that's how we've tried to focus on it. Cause I, I do find that there's kind of this weird over vulnerability on social media right now where people are like, look how vulnerable I am with my story. You should listen more to me. And it's like, yeah, at the same time, that was a little bit creepy, dude. Like, <laughs> so it, it's, 
there's kind of this this weird thing in social media and online marketing right now. I look at it from the viewpoint of who's this going to help. Hmm. That's good. It's important. You got something else here? Yeah. So uh, you guys give feedback on podcasts, how to grow podcasts, how to. I mean, this I feel is a like podcast. We're kind of getting judged. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> the were a whole Brit, time, I've been a little nervous. I feel <laughs> like you guys sh- probably walking into this, you've had an opinion about how well we're doing, how we could do things differently, how we could improve <laughs> as we've been going. We 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 need some feedback. We you know most people. Oh boy. So I'd be curious, You're making if, me nervous. If you critiqued mm-hmm. us, our podcast, our story, and what we're doing, what what advice would you give us? Well, I'm just going to start with whenever... So we work with a lot of different podcasts. And this is one thing I always have to be very clear with my clients is there is no governing body over podcasts. Everybody is independent. So some shows that we work with, like they're really big. They have the production staff. It's in studio, lights, camera, action. And um, the lead up or the um, the prep for it is not what you would think. And then you have some smaller shows who have like so much prep and so much heart. So there's just no consistency. And so <laughs> to say what's good or bad, it just is. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody's doing it on their own. And I, I love the independence of the medium and I love mm. the authenticity of the medium. And I know that's such a, a word that everybody uses, but yeah. That's what I love. Well, yeah. I think it comes down to like for any podcast, like two major things. One being differentiation, which you guys are really doing. Like there's not many shows that are covering the topic you're covering and the way you're covering it. Um, but it also comes down to knowing your metrics too. Like, so, um, you know, the, the number one thing that's going to push a show to the to ranking its category is the number of subscribes in a 24 hour period. So it comes down if you're pushing people to subscribe to your show in any way and means possible. It's going to get that really differentiated message out there and help you climb charts and, and get more visibility. So if you're working on those major things, man, that's what matters. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so metrics. So what that I'm means like, for us? Let's be let's be crystal clear. What that means for us is we need to do episodes on sex like every week. That's what gets the most <laughs> most listens. Let's just keep talking about that's sex. Like a week of sex episodes. That's kind of yeah. Is the we'll issue. get yeah. such big metrics. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So I guess you guys are going to have like uh, sex Fridays or something like that. Oh, now. <laughs> maybe that's a good hey, Hashtag sex Fridays. Maybe Tuesdays. Maybe Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Wednesdays as well. That's oh, funny. that's so great. All right. Well, we ask every couple this question. And the question is, do you think it's possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? I'll start out. Yes. Um, For us, it's only made everything stronger um, Mm. because, you know, you share so much. There is no distance between you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I, I think that she, she, she's saying that because on New Year's Eve, it was like 11 o'clock. She's like, I have a brilliant idea. Let's take an hour and work on this. <laughs> it was like two minutes to midnight. We're like, oh, good. We can still watch the ball drop. <laughs> um, but for us, I mean, I always have a bottle of champagne in the fridge, like without fail, because if something in life goes great, whether it's personally or professionally, um, I want to make sure that we're celebrating it. And that's something I, I mean, we popped it as early as 11 a.m. But I love once. this. But Always um, a I mean, it's something champagne. that we can. I don't know. It's so, I feel like it's so unique and I, I just love it. I, I think it's 
it's what's going to keep you in love because there's a constant create, there's a create in business, there's a create in life and also with your family. Um, so if you're working on all those things and you have all those juices together going all the time, it's like, how could you not thrive and survive on that? Hmm. I love that. You're so positive. <laughs> I need you in my life. I like life to say she's my sense of adventure and I'm the reality check. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you think? Okay, then, Mr. On Metrics, let's hear what uh, you have to say. Which is funny because I was not very good in math in school. Um, I so I look at it this way. Like I I I think it's actually harder to to be married to somebody you're not in business with because a lot of times you have to justify, like, you know, I've seen this with my friends, justify why you're doing something. Um, you may have the negativity of, oh my gosh, you're always working. Well, if you guys are always working on the same thing, I think that's kind of fine. So I think like if you have that built-in resistance of not working with somebody, that can be a lot harder as well. But then in managing that relationship with someone you work with, the thing you have to take a look at is having really good and open communication and being willing you know, to have the communication that the other person is willing to deliver. But also personally... You have to be willing to be responsible for both sides of that communication. Like, is my intention in delivering this to, to harm or to injure? And if it is, you should take a look at what you have to say there, man, because it's not constructive for, for either one of you. So mm. I think it's really important to take a look at all those things. You guys mentioned the 11 o'clock before New Year's story. Is there? A, do you have any specific rules of like when to turn work off? You don't know. No, I get all my best work ideas in the shower when I'm laying in bed. So that would be impossible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I wish. No, actually, I don't even wish that we had rules like that because yeah. for me, you know, sometimes I'm the one I'm like, honey, I just want to play Madden, please. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like what you guys have done is kind of just said and, and what you value is this integration of all of it all the time, yeah. everywhere, no matter what you're doing. Um, part of who you are is your work and part of who you are is your relationship and part of who you are is this new baby. And we want to intertwine that and have it be everywhere and all inclusive at all the times. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, but we also, I guess the only um, thing that we have laid out, we're like, you know, this is really work and planning and predictions. And, you know, if I have an idea, let me write it down so that it comes up at this point is Mondays are our planning days. Like, and that's like all Monday morning, we are just working on planning. And that's like, we're not doing any of the minutiae. We are just thinking, dreaming. And Mm. um, Mm. if we have ideas, like I'm constantly emailing myself, but I come back to it Monday morning and write it and see how it fits into the overall plan. Yeah, like so, we, we go out for, for breakfast every Monday morning. We have we take our staff meeting from the place we go to breakfast to. And we say, okay, what are our mountain movers today? What are the things that... Um, I got I got this from Tim Ferriss. Like, what is the, the, the one big thing I can do today that's going to make everything else I do this week irrelevant? So we look at what are our mountain movers that we can get done that day. And now it's time for the break. Down. Oh, changing it up right there. Breaking in the new it down, year. breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking oh, it down, Lordy. breaking it down, breaking it up. Stop. <laughs> oh, gosh, here he goes, beatboxing. What? That's the first time I've beatboxed on the podcast. Yes, it is. And Although we- I do beatbox in every recording that we do. It just hasn't made its way on air. On air. And that's purposeful. No, this was my big coming out party right now. <laughs> 2020, Jay Shinny on the mic. What you going to do? <laughs> oh, yes. That is one of Jeff's favorite things is leaving rap voicemails. Why you got to give away my secrets? 
Uh, well, you said you were having a coming out party. So maybe it is. Maybe <laughs> this is true. This is true. If you are a good friend of Jeff, at some point you will receive a rap voicemail. Whether you want it or not. But here's the truth. If you receive it, and you could ask a, most friends that I've left a voicemail. <laughs> they on, save it. They save it. It's the... How many voicemails do you really want to save? None, except for if you got a Jeff rapping custom voicemail. You got a white boy rapping, then you might save it. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. So what'd you think? What'd you think about these two? No, that was great. I mean, what did you take away? Well, my eyes started to cross a little bit when you talked about our metrics. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'll tell you. And I, th- my response was dead on though. The truth is, if we do more <laughs> podcasts, more special sex episodes, we will have exponentially more viewers. Yeah, we, yeah, it's we need maybe a little more um, sex therapists on or something. Yeah, let's work on that. Get some more sex experts. Is that what you guys want? Yeah, maybe you should as, DM as us every, and let us as know. As everyone in their car unanimously says, yes. yes. Yeah. All right, I loved. Um, what they were kind of talking about when they were saying uh, knowing what to share or not share on social media. And when they said about who is this story going to help as Mm. using that as kind of a A framework, framework, not about the negative, but like stories that are actually going to contribute positively to someone else's life. Yeah. But I think it can be a negative story. Yeah. They, they kind of said that just because it's, yeah, it doesn't have to be always positive, but like, it's like, what is, what is the contribution to others? Kind of, I think is how they kind of right make sense of it. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I wonder that. I think there's also other times where you're in the middle of it and, um, you know, you're, you're not really sure what the positive is going to be yet. Yeah. I Does mean, that I mean, at that point there's no sharing. Well, I will say there's definitely a social media trend where the over-dramatization of the moment, people put things on there just looking for positive affirmation. Yeah. I guess if, if you're, what's, what's the reasoning that you're sharing the story to, right? Yeah, to be known. <laughs> I mean, that's why people are doing it, right? They're trying to get attention. And, and so I think yeah. there's a, it, the point in, our, in the context of our relationship here in this podcast relationship is that our podcast relationship? Well, I mean, I think this podcast is about relationships. So okay. I think I think what's important is for you and your partner to have a side conversation saying, what are we willing and not willing to put on the internet? Right? Yeah. I think that's a healthy thing to talk through as a couple. Because I I think there we have learned that there's stories that we will not share. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to have clarity on which ones those are. Mm-hmm. And then the, the follow-up to that is what are the what are we sharing about with our kids? How much are we putting that on the internet? Also, that's another mm-hmm. tension that I think a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have you don't you have a closed Instagram account. Yes, private. Private, that's what it's called. Why is that? Uh, because uh, it's private. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just, uh, to me, uh, it's, you know, this podcast obviously is not private. So right. I have 
aspects that are not private. And if people want to hear or talk or engage, then that's fine. Um, but then there's like personal accounts to me that I think I want that to be for friends and family mm-hmm. yeah. and people I know or people that are in our community um, or, you know, just so known mine, people I know. So mine is not private. Right. Do you judge me because of that? <laughs> no, I don't judge you. Okay. I don't. Do you think it ought to be private? No. Oh, you understand. You're fine. Yeah, I think everybody's different. Yeah. With their level of what they feel. So Mm. I'm okay with that. No judgment, Jeff. Yeah. I want to talk about one other thing. Um, I liked how he was sharing about that time when his mother was sick. And that was really a turning point in their life. Mm -hmm. And then he he ended up turning it into like, this is, this is what I'm doing with my life. They kind of had this epiphany, I would say in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that that's interesting. I think oftentimes it, it takes hard times in our life to get to a place of clarity. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he had an experience with the fragility of life. Yeah. That's a good way. Wow. That's a good word okay, do I really want to be miserable during this part of my life? Because I've just seen my mother almost not have a life. So that changes things, you know? And I think um, when you actually experience that fragility and not just take it for granted, like most of us do on a regular basis... um, I think it changes things. Man, when that was really good, Andrew. When we experience a moment of fragility in life, it causes us to reevaluate how we live. Yeah, I agree. And I really like, I mean, just saying like following what lights you up. And I love that, that um, it really, they, there, there was no defined path. He just kind of started exploring other things and reading and going, you know, he going got to lit. the webinar. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. It reminded, when you were saying that, it reminded me of Nico saying, you got roasted. He's, that's a new term he keeps saying. I have no idea why you're anyway. talking about that. But uh, but following what lights you up. Yeah, and you I see it. And, a- you, and as a partner, you see that in your, in your partner. This is something that brings you life, that brings you energy, brings you joy. Wow, start pursuing that more. I like that she supported that for him, uh, despite all the bazillions amount of debt that I am for sure they had. So um, there wasn't like this like bitterness towards that, you know, it was like, okay, let's change and move forward into a positive thing, something good that you are enjoying and um, not dwell on all the time and money and whatever yeah. spent on this she, other career path. Yeah. And, and, and when they were talking about um, having this new little baby, man, Brielle, I liked a term that she said, and I want to quote her, we melded her into our business life. It yeah. was just like natural. Like, no, we have a baby and now she's just going to join us in what we do. Yeah. It wasn't a, so many times in this topic, the baby conversation becomes a massive change in lifestyle. Yeah. And her perspective was, no, we have a lifestyle and this person is joining in. 
Yes. This little baby's joining into our lifestyle. No, things have to change or things have to it's be It's definitely and it's easier when they're younger, right? Yeah. It's definitely easier before they have opinions, before they have sure. activities, before they have their own, you know, dreams that they want to pursue. So it's definitely, but that's the time to do it and they're doing it. So yeah, and, and I like that. In the same way of us and our travel, it's like we just brought our kids along and now they're expert travelers at yeah. the age of seven. You know, yeah. like it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. everybody, I think this was a really great podcast. And it I was think lit. this w- podcast was lit. <laughs> Let's keep maybe we should leave everybody with the reminder to just always keep some champagne in the fridge. Bottles popping. <laughs> they don't call her bottles popping Schoenberger for nothing. <laughs> Just, I think it's a good reminder to always be, be ready to celebrate. Celebrate. Celebrate it's your a party, wins. y'all. Celebrate your wins. That's another episode of Lover Work. Thank you for joining us. Please, if you get a second, open up your iTunes and give us a rating, a five star rating, so that we can share this with more people. So more people know that we're here and doing it and making it happen. And if you really, really liked us, share this episode with a friend. Yes. Have a great day. This episode was produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions. Yeah.